Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. True Hauntings is a Human Labs original podcast. This unique haunted site has over 160 rooms, 40 bedrooms, 13 bathrooms, but only one shower. It has stairs that lead to the ceiling and doors that, when stepped through, will drop you a story or more. It has 10,000 windows, a number of which are placed on the inside walls including a stained glass window made by one of the most expensive companies in the world, Tiffany. Strange, you might say? Absolutely. Why so many rooms and why the labyrinth of walkways, halls and corridors? Was someone seeking to disappear within this place? Or was it meant to be an elaborate trap for ghosts who, once inside, could not find their way out again? This is the house built by spirits and inhabited by grief, sorrow and burden of great sins against humanity. And here is the story of how it came to be. Hi, my name is Anne. And I'm Renata. And we welcome you to this week's episode of the True Hauntings podcast. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Welcome in. Hi. Hello, hello. How are you doing, Renata? I'm doing fine, thank you. I haven't seen you in such a long time. Yeah, I know. I think Mm. it's actually been... A couple of hours? Yeah, probably about <laughs> oh, at least 16 hours. Mm. Oh my gosh. And we've just realised that we're together every single night now until 
Wednesday next week, mm-hmm. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Busy recording and doing lots of different promotions and things before we go away. Yes. Uh, so it's getting exciting. So when we are actually recording this, we are how many days out, Anne, from our, t- our, our trip overseas? Oh, hang on. Give me two seconds. I'll have a look. So if my calculation's correct, this comes out on the 25th of March, which means that we leave in about 10 days. (gasps) But at the moment, we've got five weeks and six days to where we're in Mm -hmm. the air. Well, actually, we'll be in the air right now, Mm -hmm. heading to England, because it's 6am on a Monday morning that we're flying out. But there is also some very exciting news. As some of you know, we work for Newcastle Live Radio and we've been doing the show called Spooky Sundays Mm -hmm. since July last year. And the gorgeous Bonnie Ann from Newcastle Live Radio has been editing True Hauntings for the last couple of months and she saved our knickers, didn't she? Oh, she did. Bonnie, we love you. Yeah, our knickers were in such a twist and Bonnie came charging in on her white steed and said, I'll save you, ladies. And so she is now our editor of True Hauntings. But she's also put together a new podcast called Spooky Sunday starring moi and her. And you can find that on Spotify. I'm not sure if it's on iTunes. I'm assuming it's on the other streaming platforms. But we know that it was being announced on the 1st of March. So by the time you hear this, Mm -hmm. then it will be up and loaded. You'll have a few episodes to watch there or listen to there. And you'll hear what the hell goes on now on Spooky Sundays. Oh, my goodness. Now, you know, when you you listen to Spooky Sundays, you realise how tame we are here on True Hauntings, (laughs) how well behaved we are. Because on Spooky Sundays, because it's late, 8 p.m. till 10 p.m., we tend to um, misbehave badly. We do. We do. And look, you've got to remember when you listen to these first couple of episodes of uh, Spooky Sundays that we... Um, not only had to learn how to do radio shows and time what we were saying into seven to eight minute segments, uh, but we also had to work a radio desk. Mm. So on our first show, we had a whole bevy of beautiful ladies who came in to help us and they even bought cheese platters and and whatever. But um, then by the second or third episode, I think it might be the third episode, we were left to our own devices and we nearly broke the studio. <laughs> we ended up having, we had the news playing with the song playing and then the song would start playing again halfway through. Oh, it was really funny. It was oh. disastrous. And we, we do end up in, in absolute puddles on the floor giggling oh, on this show as well. Or I should say Renata wheezing as she does. Oh, they are certainly the best bits of the show. Um, yes. Awesome, awesome. I mean, yeah, we've had an opportunity to listen to the first one back and you forget what you say. Yeah, it's the same like the True Hauntings. We forget what we say. Mm. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy that and please make sure you subscribe to that one as well and support our work over there. Don't forget we're also on YouTube and if you'd like to support us financially, you can become a 
Patreon, mm-hmm. a patron of the arts, so to speak, or of the Anne, dark arts. The dark arts with <laughs> Anne and Renata. So just search for Anne and Renata on Patreon. P A T R E O N. All the good juicy stuff happens with the Grand Poo bars, um, and just as if you're a Grand Poo bar, you go into that little secret Facebook group. Uh, uh, but we we welcome any sort of. Um, money that you can give us. <laughs> that is true. And we've got somebody sending us a surprise they've made. Yes. I'm excited about that. Yes. Oh, and we're very keen to try some American candy. So if anyone wants to send us some American candy, we're up for that. Oh, okay. Aren't you? Yeah. yeah. I'll go for anything sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get on with this Oh, okay. Sorry. Episode. I've been distracted by candy. Yes. Bright, shiny squirrel. Let's go on with the episode. Okay. I was visiting San Francisco and this was a must-see, so I went with some friends to visit the Winchester House. The history of the house was very interesting and the house itself is beautiful and unique. Something strange happened towards the end of the tour as my friends and I were walking in a room next to the dining room with the double doors, we were suddenly startled. There was a dining table on the other side of the doors, and while the area was not lit, the half windows of the doors visibly showed that area was not toured and no one was there. The doors were two feet away from us, and we were talking when they started to shake, as if someone took the doorknobs and tried to open locked doors for two to three seconds. We both stopped talking and just looked at each other in shock. We later mentioned this to a tour guide and they confirmed no one was in the dining room area. I've never seen a ghost before and this was definitely one of the stranger things I've ever encountered. Maybe someone was running across the door frame on the floor above. Who knows? But I'd say this was an interesting experience. Nice little brief soundscape came from TripAdvisor today. Oh, nice. From a lady called Crystal L. Mm-hmm. Apparently she's selling crystal meth nearby. No, <laughs> I'm joking. Her, uh, <laughs> her topic was called Fascinating and Spooky Tour. Mm. So now we've finally said it, we're at the Winchester House. Yes, we are at the Winchester House. And this was a difficult one for me to get my head around because... What has not been said about the Winchester House? That's that's what I wanted to find. Oh. I, I would, and I know you've hit gold. Just, I'm going to, Twenty going minutes to before you turned up, I followed a little lead that something mentioned, uh-huh. and I went. I fell headfirst down the biggest rabbit hole that I've ever seen in my life. To the point that I'm not going to hit the bottom, so I'm just going to have to do what I can. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, we've gone to see the movie, of course, with Helen Mirren. We did, yes. We We were thoroughly entertained. We were entertained. We got to see a lot of the house, too, which was good. Yes, yes. Uh, But this was, again, one of those uh, topics where you start to look at what is available and you find that the same information is repeated and repeated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Although what I did find uh, they had difficulty in getting right were dates so there were 
differences in dates when people died, differences mm-hmm. in dates when things happened in the house and whatever. So I'm kind of going to leave the dates out. And there were dates that would make it a better story. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> uh, but I'm going to start by talking a little bit about Sarah Winchester. Oh, yes, that'd be great. Um, uh, just a little bit of her background because, I mean, in the end, it, it she is the, the main architect here, we can mm. say that word, main architect of this whole story. So Sarah Lockwood Parday was born in September 1839 in New Haven in Connecticut and she grew up the child of rich parents. Mm-hmm. So she was pretty well educated. She wasn't yeah. a, you know, dumb girl. She wasn't a dumb bum, no. as we'd like to say. She did have five sisters and a brother. She uh, learned four languages, and uh, she learned how to play the piano. And she was, she, she was also good on the organ. I hear. Okay, <laughs> she was. She could she, thrash it out on that one. <laughs> she attended all the society functions that young ladies would at that age, and went through the the correct procedures mm-hmm. as a young lady growing up. She did her debutante. Yes, uh, she was known as the Belle of New Haven. So she she was a bit of a looker. So she was pretty and intelligent. Yep. What a threat. Mm. And um, everything ordinary that could have happened for a young girl of rich parents happened to young Sarah. So nothing out of the extraordinary that I could find. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to leave that with a little question mark mm-hmm. to what you're As I'm sitting here smirking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was really during the second half of her life or when she stepped into or across that threshold into her 20s mm-hmm. that um, the parents started to look around for the, the best suitor for her because, of course, um, they wanted her to be looked after for the rest of her life. Mm, the way she should. Yes. Now We're, we're still looking, I think. <laughs> Well, well, did we did we pick the right oh, ones? No, it's too late for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. oh, mine's got hope. They won a big contract the other day. I'm excited. Yeah, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Um, sorry, yes, I've, I have asked if I can clean the the, <laughs> the office. <laughs> the office. <laughs> it's about as close as I'm going to get. But anyway, um, the family was very much associated with the local church. That's just one thing that I have to add. So I think they wanted to marry. Within within the faith. Yeah, within the faith. And, of course, like I said, by the time she was ready to marry, the parents had already kind of sought out the right person for her, and his name was William Wirt Winchester. Mm-hmm. Now, William's father had been the president of the Winchester Arms Company, and that was the company that made the Winchester rifle. Now, why this gun was so popular was that it was one of the first repeating guns in that you didn't have to load after every shot was mm-hmm. fired. You could shoot a number of bullets out. Yeah, it's a bit like when you have a fish oil capsule, it just keeps repeating on you and burping <laughs> over it. You don't need to take another one, it just keeps giving and giving oh, and giving. Yes. Or garlic for you. So this repeating rifle, it could fire multiple shots and you didn't have to stop and reload, which was very good when it came to the Civil War and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you could shoot, the better. Oh, yeah. Um, and the Winchester family, they became millionaires because of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, in the same year... He was married, William became the president of the Winchester Arms Company. So I think Dad went, 
now, boy. You're a big man now. You've got a wife. I'm going to make a president. Yeah. And Sarah's married, marriage to William Winchester began as a happy one. Nice. I'm assuming. Good on her. That's what I've read. Well, if she was grieving him, she must at have loved him. First, at first, oh, it was happy. At first. At first, it was happy. But things changed. Did he turn into a grumpy bum? No, look, um, Sarah um, had became pregnant. Yes. And had a little baby girl, um, Annie. Annie. And um, Annie was born on June the 15th, 1866. But there was a problem with Annie. She wouldn't eat. And the food that she did eat didn't seem to stay. Um, She was quite an ill child and she just got thinner and thinner and more wasted. And when she was five weeks old, Annie passed. Um, Now, she passed. Hang on. She was five weeks old. What were they feeding her? I don't. Wouldn't be breast milk, surely? Well, yeah. Well, I thought the way you were talking, it was like roast dinners and pavlovas. No, 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 Just a baby, okay. She had marasmus. Oh. Which I haven't heard of, but it's a rare disease in which the body suffers malnutrition due to the inability to metabolize proteins. Ah, well, breast milk. And breast milk would be full of protein. Yeah. So Sarah, as you can imagine, was heartbroken. uh, And the worst thing to cap off this horror story was that four months later her husband William was diagnosed with tuberculosis oh no so she faced years for caring for this person mm-hmm. depending on what you read yes, could which be story years. it was could, could be, be years could, could be, be months same. could be same year could be yeah could be months uh, and she could just see him getting weaker and weaker so literally a repetition of the baby yeah yeah uh, and William eventually died yep uh, and William's father then Oliver Winchester died suddenly from a heart attack not long afterwards wow but these are this is the issue here the dates are all over the place of when these people died mm-hmm. so it could be mm-hmm. months within each other's um, passings or years yeah who knows Yep. Now, William was the only son of the family, and he inherited his father's half of the interest of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. But then when Oliver died, all of this inheritance went to Sarah. Oh. And she became the richest woman in the world. Oh, wow. Yep. So uh, she, Sarah inherited 50% of the interest uh, of in the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, a $20 million fortune. And by today's standards, I think somebody, I heard somebody say on a podcast, it was like 500 and something million dollars. Oh, yeah. She was getting um, a royalty of $1,000 a day. A day. Which, which in this day and age would be around something like twenty five to $30,000 oh, a day. I'd be happy with that for a year. <laughs> you imagine if someone 20, said, I'm going to give you $30,000 a year just for that hell of it. I would day, be beside myself. A day. A day. Oh. My God. I mean, what did this do to this woman's head? Mm. I'd, I'd say she would have not been able to comprehend any of this. It would have been just all too much. And mm. she was grieving. Oh, yes. And then you just feel yuck because you've, you've all of a sudden become dreadfully wealthy from yeah. the death of all your loved ones. Yeah. 
So in 1884, Sarah goes to visit her niece who lived in California. And while she was there, she decided to uh, buy an unfurnished farmhouse that was surrounded by orchards. Oh, lovely. And uh, the house originally just had eight rooms sat on 180 uh, acres. That's how we feel at the moment. 160 acres of land. <laughs> We're achy. <laughs> and she moved into the house and immediately she started to change things. Oh, I mean, she would. Yeah. She got the money to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> now, this is where we start to get into the whole Winchester house issue and the things that went on there. The oddities. The oddities. And... You know, one of the things about this is that um, there are many theories about why she started to do what they call the longest renovation in history. <laughs> I don't think they've been to my place. <laughs> because I think I, I think I can beat Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> but the difference is, is hers was actually still in progress during all that time yeah. where mine has come to a complete standstill. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. So one of the theories that has been posed is that Sarah and her husband loved renovating and it wasn't the first renovation that she had undertaken with the Winchester house. They had actually renovated another place together and she said that that was some of the happiest times of her life. Oh, I hadn't heard that theory. Mm, I like so that one. when this opportunity came up, she continued to renovate because she believed that her husband was there with her watching her mm-hmm. do this. So she was kind mm-hmm. of pleasing him in spirit as well as being in her happy place. So that's one. Another theory says that Sarah was quite a a philanthropist and because she had so much money and very little that she wanted to do with it because she was depressed, there's nothing that was going to make her feel happy, Mm. um, she decided that she would engage carpenters and builders and... Oh, give them a job. Give them a job. Oh, I hadn't heard that theory either. And continue giving them a job. For a very long time. That is freaking awesome. Now, this was one way that they said that she could actually take the money away from the Winchester company Mm -hmm. and spend it Mm -hmm. so that they could stop making these guns because she felt very much disturbed by what was happening historically because Mm -hmm. of these guns that were being made. So in reparation, I guess... She felt that if she could at least employ some people and give them some money by continuing to work, mm-hmm. it was a way of giving back. Now, the third and the most bizarre theory is that Sarah acted on the advice of a medium. Mm-hmm. Right? So she had been told earlier on that the family had a curse on it. So she'd been seeing mediums. So it was in that time of the spiritualist movement. Yep. So everyone was going to see mediums. This yep. was nothing new. Another spiritualist. So she was seeing, a, a, she saw a spiritualist that said, because of the guns that your husband was manufacturing, mm-hmm. um, and he was the president of this company, um, your family is cursed and you will be the next to die if you don't do something. All right. So we can work out ways of getting you to stay alive and kind of you know weaving a story for the ghosts so they get discombobulated yes um but you have to leave where you were 
and this is what you have to do. So mm-hmm. she was actually following the um, the thoughts of this medium who said, you need to get a house and you need to keep building it. Right. Yep. So that wasn't her big idea. Um, the home was a labyrinth of rooms. Um, they were completely and totally, some of them, of no use. Mm-hmm. Um, doorways going up to nowhere, stairs going down to nowhere, yep. closed um, spaces, windows on the inside when they should be on the outside. Yep. There's a little bit of a story around that anyway, mm-hmm. um, and so on and so forth. So... Um, one room would be added, for example, only to be torn down before it was finished and replaced by another room. And we saw this in the movie where she changed her mind mm-hmm. uh, and go in to the uh, builders and say, no, I don't want you to do that anymore. You have to do this. Oh, and they had her sitting at a table, like channeling yes. out drawings and so things. So there was yeah. a seance room. Mm-hmm. And there was a seance room and she apparently would go uh, at a certain time every day into mm-hmm. the seance room and... They didn't know what was going on in there, mm-hmm. but they assumed that she was talking to either her uh, deceased husband or to the spirits of the house. And the spirits of the house dictated what they wanted. And she would write all of this down frantically. And um, and then the next day, the um, builders would appear and she would give them the Well, the, the, next, the next rotation of builders. The because next, they worked 24 hours a day, didn't they? 24 yeah. hours a day, seven days a week. It yeah. never stopped. And look, I had somebody renovating the house next door to us because we live in a gun barrel house and there's probably about... Six feet, but and or you say about two meters between my house and the house next door to us. We've got, we've got an alleyway, and he was renovating for probably about eight months. Mm. I was ready to kill him. Mm. The noise of hammers and mm-hmm. sawing and drills and things going for eight months was torture. Yeah. Yeah. And because uh, builders always start at seven o'clock in the morning and they're done by three o'clock in the afternoon and you just by then you're just so wound up that you just want to go and kill someone. Um, so I don't know how she stood that noise for so long. She probably disappeared into this house. She probably disappeared into the house. Uh, apparently, she was a lover of the number 13. Yes. So I don't know whether you've got any information about that. Oh, I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there are different areas where there are, for example, in the science room, there were 13 hooks uh, for no reason. There were, you know, 13 windows with 13 window panes and so on and so forth. Um, so 13 seems to turn up everywhere. Did you know that she even signed her will yes 13 times 13 times yes does yes. that sound a little obsessive compulsive to yeah, you <laughs> yeah yeah and this would have driven her mad i mean this went on for what 30 odd years yeah so like crazy and they talk about her being a recluse and, and it was something that you mentioned the noise of builders all the time was this a protective thing yeah. to go i don't want anyone in this house i'll just keep building stuff yeah We'll just keep it a mess and we can just say, well, I can't I can't have anyone here. Can't have you visit. I'm renovating and I have used that excuse. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> We've got no bathroom right now. You can't come to visit. So Sarah spent uh, spared no expense. She hired the best craftsmen, best gardeners, best wood, um, best wallpaper, best stone from all around the world. She didn't hire an architect because all of this came from her. Hmm. And... It was seven stories. In some places, yeah. It was seven stories before the earthquake. Yep. And this is the big San Francisco earthquake Mm -hmm. that um, destroyed part of the house. 
she never met the men that uh, worked um, or she never passed on the information to the contractors. Um, she had an assistant who would do that for her. Uh, and every night, apparently, she climbed out of bed and wandered around. That's when she actually, well, there's two stories. One is that she wandered around the place and would observe everything after everyone had gone. That was her time to walk around and to check out what was going on with the that house. That was her me time. Mm-hmm. 24-7. <laughs> but the other story is that she had a special room that she would go up to and she would spy on everyone. Oh, I might have a little bit on that too. Mm. That's a bit creepy. Now, in 1906, Sarah was sleeping in one of the bedrooms that uh, she had made up. And, like, her staff could never find her. Yeah, she'd change the room every night. Mm. And this was the the night that the earthquake hit. Mm-hmm. So when the earthquake hit and the ceiling fell in on her, she was trapped and no one could find her. Yeah. Uh, until they did, obviously, and they pulled her out. Um, and uh, apparently, she- you can still see the crowbar marks today oh. from where they had to prize her out. Wow, wow! She was uh, probably a freak that she actually stayed alive in there or survived mm. that. Yeah. Sorry, Sarah, I wasn't calling you a freak. So she decided that she would never build up higher than the fourth floor after that. Um, she wanted to stay safe, but she finally died. Um, so this this went on. The whole building thing went on for 38 years. Uh, Sarah finally died on September the 5th, 1922. Uh, and at that point in time, the building stopped. That was it. And she was buried beside her husband and infant daughter. And when we say stopped... As soon as they heard, as soon as they said Mrs. Winchester has died, they literally put their tools down and walked off. Wow. There are still some nails that are partially hammered in because they didn't (laughs) bother to finish it. Now, as you said, um, the uh, will had uh, been written in 13 sections and signed 13 times. I apologise for stealing that and the house, people. Yeah, the house and all of its contents were willed to her niece, Miriam Marriott, mm-hmm. and everything was taken out of the house um, and sold at auction. Yep, she sold it straight away. Yep. She was going to get her money. It took six trucks and six weeks to remove all of the valuables from the mansion. Six trucks and six weeks. And they worked eight hours a day and uh, they removed everything that they could. Um, Now, I found this and I'm nearly done. I found this and this was really interesting because they said, and I wonder who said this and I wonder why. Um, When they appraised the value of the house, they said that it was worthless because obviously they wanted to put it up for auction and sell it. Uh, and Sarah didn't mention this about the mansion in her will and testament, uh, but the appraisers said it's worthless. And because oh. of the, because of the damage from the earthquake and the abstract nature of its construction and unfinished design, you're not going to get a lot from it for it. So that's why she flogged all the contents off. Mm. Now this this is interesting because I found two different names of people who bought this house. Ooh. Um, and one was that it went to this Miriam girl. Yeah. Right. And the other one was um, John and Mamie Brown. And it, 
it, so the sources that I looked up said that after the owner's death, the mansion value was only £135,000. Oh. $135,000. Dollars. That's even worse. Yeah, $135,000. And John and Mamie Brown rented the mansion for 10 years uh, and later purchased it. Uh, by the first quarter of 1923, or less than a year after Sarah's death, Mamie Brown opened it to the public and served uh, as the first tour guide. Well, you can imagine the locals would have been like, we've heard about this house. We've never been allowed into the house. Yep. They would have come from everywhere to stick their noses in. Mm-hmm. And then imagine the stories they've come up with once they've seen what the hell was going on inside there. Because it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there were lots of jealous neighbours around. Oh, never. And uh, they added. The they Karens? just added to the stories. The they Karens just, of the world. They just added to the stories. Um, and yeah, I, I think I will finish there. Now, one of the things that, um, or some of the things that might be associated with some of the goings on in the house or, or the reasons why uh, was that Sarah had really bad arthritis mm-hmm. and she was in constant pain and so there was a room in the house that seemed to be warmed up yes. for her Yep. and she stayed there a lot um, but they talk or everyone seems to say that it was this obsessive compulsive thing and she just lost herself in the process of doing this so she didn't have to think about her sorrow Um, and of course she bore the guilt of all the deaths that had occurred uh, because of the guns that her husband and his father had created and that some of these were the spirits that she was fighting against Um, but I'm going to end it on that because I'm very interested to find out what you found out I've got a fistful of notes all right Let's get into the ghosts. Mm-hmm. And now I've been listening back to some of our podcasts and things. I'll I'll say what I tend to say a lot. I don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't realise how many times I said that. There must be a T-shirt in that. All right. So this was listed as one of the most haunted houses in America by the Times, apparently. And look, I went digging around trying to find ghost stories, and they're actually is not that many Mm. it's more that the house is bizarre yeah so as we said there was this psychic that she was supposed to have seen but in actual fact there is no record of her going to see this psychic so they've even got the name their name was coons c-o-o-n-s um, and the the story being that, you know, to remove the curse, she had to keep building constantly 24-7 a day into this labyrinth that they had. Um, and, yeah, 160 rooms, four stories up to seven stories before the earthquake, six kitchens, 40 bedrooms, 19 chimneys, 40 staircases, 47 fireplaces, 52 skylights, 950 doors, three elevators, two ballrooms, and 10,000 windows. Yeah. Wow. So, as we said, there was never any blueprints. She was the architect, and quite often the plans were sketched onto scraps of paper, napkins, tablecloths, um, and once they were built, they were destroyed. Mm-hmm. So the blue, nobody would ever know what was in that section of the house. You know that they have found rooms 
Oh, I reckon they're still going to keep finding rooms. They have recently found rooms, and in one of the rooms, which they say is the saddest of all, is that they found a lock of hair. Oh, I've got a story about that. Okay. Hold that thought. So, yes, and then the relative came in and sold everything off. Um, Apart from the fireplaces, the elevators, a chandelier and an organ and some original marble tiling, Um, the rest are now all donations. They are genuine period furniture, but not original Mm -hmm. from the house. So this particular article that I read was, um, oh, hang on, I've got a blank page. That's not good, is it? From, oh, I can't find it. Uh, Skeptical... Skepticalinquire.org and the author is Karen Stolls now because I always loved the skeptic stuff. So she said the first place that they went to visit um, with their tour guide was the seance room built deep within the house. It has three exits but only one entrance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, one door leads to a sink mm-hmm. while another door opens to a 10 foot drop to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to get drunk and go through the wrong door, would you? Crazy. Renata would be doing that all the time. (laughs) He'd be picking her up off the floor somewhere. Um, And uh, according to the tour guide, Sarah held nightly seances between the hours of midnight and 2 a.m. There would be bells that would sound to summon the spirits to come to the seance. And when the seance was completed, the bells were told a signal that was time for them to depart. Hmm. Now... Once again, we come up with these conflicting stories. Her construction efforts were supposed to be guided by her husband. Mm-hmm. She said they liked to renovate together. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, maybe he was coming to her and, and giving her the guidance. Or was it the spirits that were killed by the Winchester rifles? Was was that why she was you know, writing out these things, were they influencing her? Um, but neither of those scenarios make sense if she was trying to conceal her plans from the spirits to hide that's, from the spirits. That's true. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. So that doesn't make sense. Uh, the the whole idea was they were trying to placate the spirits, um, and that you know she's now completely wound up in the paranormal and the superstition, which was strange because she was an educated woman. Mm-hmm. Now normally educated, I'm not saying that people who aren't educated are, are gullible, but she she does know a lot of stuff. Um, and this last thing that I found at the last minute is just blown my mind so why did she end up becoming so involved in the occult and all this superstitious stuff possibly because she had this grief um, maybe she was the type of person that suffered from depression maybe she had guilt over all the money and the the family's bloodthirsty trade and um, people would refer to her family fortune as blood money making money from the dead and we all know how much trouble we get and we oh Oh, yes you're gonna make money from the dead you're a bad person was it because it was the age of spiritualism and this was the thing to do listen to the spirit world listen to psychics listen to mediums but one thing that is sure that you could almost pick this house of being made by Escher. You know Escher, uh, the yeah. E-S-C-H-E-R yeah, yeah, yeah. guy yeah. The, yep. with the weird stairs yes. and the, you look at it and yeah. you're all con- discombobulated. Mm-hmm. But she she certainly succeeded in um, trying to confuse the spirits because she confused the staff. They, mm-hmm. they never knew where to go. So if she wanted something um, she would have to summon them to an area or a wing and then she would find them because they wouldn't know where to go. Now, uh, some of the door frames in there were only high enough to accommodate her height because she was only four foot ten. Mm-hmm. She was tiny. There would be balconies that made no sense. Uh, one room has a window built into the floor. There was countless closets, doors and windows opening out into blank walls. There is a door to nowhere that goes straight out to an eight foot drop. Blind chimneys um, that stop short of the ceiling. Now, this is all important stuff I want you to remember, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was trap doors, double back hallways. Now, the room of fires that you were talking about, that was where she had saunas. Uh, it was almost like a sauna. She had seven sources of heat built because she had bad, bad arthritis. Mm-hmm. So she would go in there to find some relief. There would be awkwardly shaped alcoves of varying heights and depth that weren't large enough to really do anything with. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Now, this is one that I just went, hmm, what the? All the bathrooms have glass doors and spy holes. Mm. Now, I have a rule, Renata. My one rule, and I told my husband this when when we moved in together and we got married, is I want to shut the door when I'm going to do a poo. (laughs) And I don't want anyone looking at me. I don't want anyone talking to me. That is my few moments of solitude Mm -hmm. where I just take time out from the world. If you've got a question for me, you can bloody wait. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want your spine through a hole or a glass window mm-hmm. looking down. I can see you going, Anne, <laughs> Anne, I'll be going, go away, Renata. But I actually saw one of these photos and it's literally a glass door with the toilet on the other side. So you could stand there and just talk to them. Mm. She also, it's, it's wrong. It's wrong. But it's, I mean, was that even a thing back then? I don't it know. But I mean, she was way ahead of her time because she had internal plumbing. She had uh, lights in the house. She uh, had sewer and everything. She was way, way ahead of her time for architecture and designing. One of the other things she also did is that she designed the house so if people were in the kitchen, she could overhear them if they were gossiping. Ah. Now, remember there was one of those doors that opened with an eight-foot drop to the kitchen? Yeah. That was actually so she could listen in, I reckon. Right. Are we seeing signs of paranoia here? Yeah. So we've got the whole thing with the numbers mm-hmm. and having to repeat things 13 times. And now we've got these um, things where people can't hide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But if she's been living under the fear that her family is cursed and that she's cursed and she's going to be the next to die. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that play on her mind as well? This, well, I can tell you why. Because she was worried that if anyone saw her next proposed building plans or were discussing it amongst each other or gossiping about it, she was worried then that the spirits would get hold of the information and know where to find her next. So if anyone was gossiping about any of those sort of things, they were immediately fired. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were rewarded with their loyalty and she paid either double or triple the rate mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, most employers would so they would remi- remain quiet and respectful uh, as we said we did have the earthquake that happened as well um, they, and somebody said that the reason why they had the earthquake that um, Sarah was convinced that the spirits were displeased with the progression of her handiwork as it appeared that she was nearing completion of the house mm-hmm. So they wrecked the house with an earthquake to make sure she kept going. So she promptly sealed off the front section of the house, 30 rooms in total, as if they were never there, and kept building. (sighs) Wow, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, So now we're going to go on to some of the other little superstitious things that she had. So there was a Victorian superstition at the time that dictated that one column in every home must be installed upside down for good luck. Did you know about that? No. I'd never heard of it. 
It must have been for the rich people because yeah. certainly the poor people couldn't afford columns. I'm going to be looking at for that from now on to see if there's any of a these columns. Col- when we go down. to England, we'll have to see if there's any of these columns that have been placed upside down for mm. good luck. Um, and as usual, Sarah took that notion to the extreme and she reversed the tradition and had every column placed upside down bar one. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a lot of the stories said that she must have led a lonely and tortured life and despite her painfully arthritic hands, she'd often play the organ mm-hmm. in the ballroom with mm-hmm. great energy for her spirit guests. Um, she would often sit down to a lavish dinner alone, but she would have the table set for 13. Mm-hmm. So there was herself and 12 spirits present. Did someone tell her that she had 12 spirits present? I don't know. What is the, the thing with this whole 13? We don't know. Um, then there'd, there'd be this recurring theme of 13 with 13 windows or 13 steps, uh, 13 um, drains in every sink. Um, sounds I, through, I know, it says here. I also heard that the steps were only small because she was so tiny and had tiny feet. And she had arthritis. So they made them very small I've for got her. even more of a story on okay, the staircase. Right. <laughs> and you have mentioned the 13 coats, uh, the co- clothes hook for the 13 coats yep. she supposedly used in her nightly ceremonies. All right, so the ballroom. There was a door in the centre of the room that was locked at all times during her lifetime, and only she had the key. Her staff must have always wondered what the he- what the hell was in that safe that she would lock it up. Mm-hmm. Upon her death, her staff eagerly seized those keys and unlocked the door. Inside, they found a vault. So then they unlocked that. Inside that, they found another vault. And yet another within that. (laughs) After unlocking a total of five vaults, they came to the treasure. Not money or jewellery, as they were probably expecting, but a lock of her husband's hair and a lock of her daughter's hair and their obituaries. Yes. That was her most sacred and precious thing of all. Isn't that just... Now, interestingly, the one of the um, sites that I was looking at said that that is one of the rooms that uh, allegedly has just been found oh. and opened. Right. Mm. So, once again, we've got different stories yeah, there. absolutely. Now, do you know why she kept those so hidden away, one of the theories? No. What do you use hair for? Oh, making poppets. And possibly another curse right so she supposedly hid those things away so nobody could use them in a curse or spell against her Mm. isn't this just crazy and i haven't even got to the weird part yet so look the traditional ghost stories um you hear footsteps down the hall cold spots orbs captured in photographs oh orbs the sound of doorknobs turning doors banging sightings of sarah herself um there is phantom organs playing there was nothing like a phantom (laughs) organ (laughs) were they the organ was playing by itself Oh, no. Just keep going. Keep Keep going. going. Disembodied voices and screams, strange lights, strange smells, and even the sighting of ectoplasm. Mm. 
Okay. And then, of course, you've got then the psychics that come through the house mm-hmm. and they, they oh, Sylvia Brown's been through there and mm-hmm. she's, she confirmed that the ha- there was a curse of and that she saw the that she saw the spirits of Sarah and fallen soldiers from the Civil War mm-hmm. who have been killed by those guns. Mm-hmm. Um, but most interesting, and I thought this was interesting from Karen's um, perspective here, she said... There's no reports of phantom hammering or construction. And wouldn't that be the most Mm. residual thing that Mm -hmm. would be there? Yes. No, it's much more exciting to be cursed soldiers that are looking for revenge, isn't it? Yes. All right, so another ghost story is about Clyde, a moustached man sometimes seen pushing a wheelbarrow in the basement or trying to repair the fireplace in the ballroom. He's been described to management roughly like this. We really like the actor who was repairing the ballroom fireplace wearing white overalls and a Victorian boater hat. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they go, um, no, we don't have any hired <laughs> actors. But he has been actually seen by quite a few people. Well, at least there's one worker that has stayed behind. Yeah, someone's still working. Well, there, yeah, this is true, isn't it? And they actually have a photo, which um, I must remember to put up, about, um, and it's a photo of Clyde. So we can, not not a ghostly photo, a real photo. He was a real person. Oh, he was a real person. Yeah, he really worked there. So there are other phenomena that's happened there is gentle tugs on shirts or skirts during the tours. Uh, apparently there is a long-time maintenance worker called Denny who reported, uh, one crisp morning after entering the water tower, he heard the patter of footsteps above. He ascended to let the trespasser know that three-story structure was off limits, but the footsteps always seemed to be one step ahead of him and one floor above. His search culminated on the roof with no one in sight. Mm-hmm. Now, that information came from the WinchesterMysteryHouse.com. But, Renata, I found a tour I want to do. Okay. It's called the Flashlight Tour. Yeah. I actually, there wasn't a lot of stories about ghosts on the website. I was surprised. But this Flashlight Tour is... Uh, Forty nine ninety nine per mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. You might get a concession because you're old. <laughs> going to get hit. Uh, and it is a self-guided tour. Oh, my God. I 7 p.m. at night. I would get so lost. I know. So you can wander around with your flashlight whilst un- he- whilst hearing unnerving stories of the home. So you must have he- headphones or something that you <laughs> no. listen to as well. Oh, my God. Oh, that would be awful. I'd be ditching those headphones and just going, Renata, let's run amok. <laughs> Anyway, um, there is another story about uh, a tour guide named Samantha who led visitors recently to the Daisy bedroom where Sarah Winchester was trapped during the 1906 quake. Mm -hmm. She was about to begin her spiel when a very clear (sighs) came from a small hallway outside the bedroom door. Thinking one of her guests had merely fallen behind, Samantha turned to call the person into the room but saw no one. Then her eyes adjusted to the darkened hallway and she did see something. The form of a small, dark person slowly emerged, gliding around a corner. Samantha quickly stepped around the corner and again saw nothing but heard yet another deep, ah, deep sigh. Mm. She felt sure it was the tiny form of Sarah Winchester herself perhaps peeved to find people in her favourite bedroom. Mm, Yeah. Oh, look, there's a few other stories. Um, We did Crystal and her soundscape. 
Um, I'm going to go into the inconsistencies just before I hit the juicy stuff. Oh, you're making me wait. I am. You've ah. got. Oh, it's so exciting because I I haven't finished the research on the the good bit. I'm, I just had to walk away, and mm-hmm. I'm going to give the website for you guys to go and, and read. So some of the inconsistencies. First off, the one was that her daughter died, her husband died, and the father died all in the same year, and that's yep. what tipped her over the edge. Yep. No, the husband and the daughter died 16 years apart. That's what? A, that's what this one says. Um, apparently, Sarah Winchester was also very highly respected by her business associates. One um, described her um, as better than men mm-hmm. when it came to the affairs of finance. She was an unusually fair employer, uh, paying her workers uh, twice, and the other one I thought three times, um, and even put elevators in for the servants to be able to go and uh, service the house. Mm-hmm. So, um, did you? I also sent you some stories about how she had some famous visitors. Yes, yes. That was a cracker. She yep. had um, a president yep. arrive on her doorstep because he'd heard about the house. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt. Yes, and she, uh, did, she wasn't there or she didn't let him in. No, whoever it was didn't <laughs> recognize him and said, Go away. You're not welcome here. We don't just let anybody in our house. And they didn't know it was the yes. president. It was POTUS. Yes. <laughs> that would go down well. And there was another story also that Houdini visited and, and attended one of her seances, but he didn't. He attended a seance after her death there. Yes. And that was um, also what I found, that there was um, information that said he was there while she was alive, and then there was information that said he was there after she had died. And look, a lot of this stuff, there is um, not a lot, of written information mm-hmm. she didn't leave a lot of letters to any other people she didn't leave journals so where have all these stories come from um, there is a lady called Mary Jo Ignofo who wrote a biography ah yes I've got and, some information from um, her she writes that the idea of the Winchester gun guilt surfaced in the press as a possible motivation for her actions Progressives were horrified by the carnage wrought by the repeating rifle. And since Winchester absolutely refused to answer any questions about her house, um, that is possibly how the rumour started. Mm. So people just assumed she was crazy. Uh-huh. And um, she, she also wrote that um, it wasn't her that was leaving notes and things it was the builders who were leaving letters and scrapbooks and journals Mm. the workers were putting it all together which is weird yeah look there's this uh thing i'd like to read here um uh it says since she benefited from the repeater she would also be considered responsible for it it was as if she personified a conscience one that was so guilt-racked over countless violent deaths that she suffered her way that she suffered her way into madness in a burgeoning and ghost infested mansion the image of wandering souls of brutally killed cowboys and american indians at the hand of settlers with repeaters provided lurid fodder for a already substantial hyperbole if winchester expected to live with her inheritance without mention of the rifle she was sadly mistaken mistaken her aversion to publicity to making a statement in her own defense ensured that gun guilt became her persistent companion whether for her politics her physical attributes her religious practices or her personal lifestyle by the turn of the 20th century sarah winchester was considered an obsessive 
and superstitious dowager. She could have mitigated the gossip, but chose to remain silent. In the face of increasingly outlandish stories, she never discussed her connection to the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, and she never answered questions about her large San Jose house, and the more realistic columnist, Merle Gray, had to depend on a close friend of the Winchesters rather than the widow herself for information. Mm. If Winchester had answered some questions, the rest of the story may have turned out very differently. So, now uh, let's also throw in there that she's a female in a ma- in a yes. man's world. Yes. And how dare she? Yes. Number one, have all of this money, and number two, not be, you know, exactly how a woman should be. So the whole idea that she was this crazy lady surfaced in a newspaper with somebody. Um, saying that she must be guilt-ridden. Mm-hmm. It was never her. Mm-hmm. It wasn't her saying that at all. It's just someone said, well, there must be a reason for her behaving this way. Mm-hmm. This must be the reason. Mm-hmm. So somebody's latched onto it and gone with it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, then the psychics turn up and go, oh, yes, the house is full of... of um, Old spirits. Old spirits that are wandering yep. around. Right, now I'm going to jump into the juicy bits. There was um, a podcast I listened to from uh, by Atlas Obscura where there was a child um, who knew her at the time and said she was a really lovely lady and if there any of the people working for her in trouble or there was sickness, she would be make sure that they were sent a basket of food and they were looked after. Another thing that they said was that she bought the property... Because she had family nearby. She moved to the area. Yeah, because she had family nearby. Because she had family nearby. And she was going to build this house so that the the party relatives who had come to California during the 1849 gold rush would all be able to come together. One of these party relatives was Enoch Party and become a, um, this sounds like a party party, but it's <laughs> P-A-R-D-E-E. Um, it was a highly respected physician and politician in Oakland. Then his son, George Party, followed in his father's footsteps, rising to the office of governor of California. So these are mm. very mm-hmm. intelligent people. Um, now... There is a reference in Wikipedia to Enoch Party having been a prominent occultist. So, was she exposed to some of these thoughts and ideas of the spiritualism and ghosts and all this sort of stuff in her childhood? Now, George, um, it also says his son George were members of the highly secretive and mischievous, mysterious Bohemian Club, which was an offshoot of Yale's Skull and Bone Society. Moreover, Enoch and George were Knights Templar Freemasons. Uh Now, it says that she was a Baconian. Now, at first I thought this was something to do with bacon and eating bacon <laughs> and loving bacon, but it turns out, turns out it was Francis Bacon. Adding to all of this, Sarah was actually a genius. And I want you all to think along the lines of Sheldon Cooper mm-hmm. type genius. Her intelligence was way above the average person. 
Now, throughout the house, prime numbers seem to come up a lot. 7, 11, and 13 are repeatedly displayed in various ways throughout the house, number 13 being the most prominent. Um, now, remember, I've just found this article, and it's called thetruthaboutsarahwinchester.com, and I've tried to very quickly summarize it in the 20 minutes that you were running late so I could get it to you. Um, so you'll find it in the number of stairs, number of rooms, number of railings, number of panels in the floors and the walls, the lights and the chandelier. And these three prime numbers were important to Sarah and to Francis Bacon. Mm-hmm. So he was well known for his theories, theologies and um, mathematicians. The mm-hmm. Numbers were the secret to the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Stephen Hawkins was sort of along those lines as well. Was she obsessive-compulsive? Who knows? Uh, a, a senior tour guide said that... Now, get this. In the old days, the tour guides were encouraged to make up stuff just to give the story some more spice. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that happens a, a lot. lot. I'm not going to mention the other place that I've been told that about as well. All right, so let's start with uh, Sarah and Adam Coons. There is no record or evidence that she ever met the person. All right, um, there is no supporting evidence that she was a spiritualist or had any uh, interest in communicating with the dead. There is no uh, factual basis to support the idea that Sarah ever used the so-called seance room for the purpose of conducting seances. Her closest companion was a nurse of many years, Henrietta Severs, and she firmly denied that Mrs. Winchester had any spiritualist leanings whatsoever. Wow. Wow. Yep. There you go. Oh, it gets even better. Furthermore, why would odd features built into the house confuse evil spirits? Spirits Mm. don't get confused by man-made mundane things. Yeah, but that's superstition. Yes. That's superstition. Perhaps the best question is, is why would anything that is strange and not understood have to be explained as being related to the spirit world? Just because you can't understand it doesn't mean that it's a cult. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Finally, if Mrs. Winchester truly believed she was cursed by the Winchester fortune, why would she exacerbate the matter by continuing to own vast shares of stock in the Winchester Repeating Arms Company? Mm. She would have got rid of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in actual fact, she got greater control. She got more shares and and got more than the 50%. So most of this is folklore Mm -hmm. and complete fabrication. Now, there was one thing that I found that really blew my mind. I'm just trying to find it here. Um, Masonic, Rosicrucian and Baconian concepts were a big part of her building. One of these concepts involves the labyrinth aspect of the house's design. The ancient mystery tools emphasize this tradition of the initiate. The novice student called the initiate or candidate was required to undergo a series of tests in order to prove that he was ready and worthy to advance to successively higher levels of learning. These levels are called degrees. In ancient time, the initiate was subjected to a test called the labyrinth. The labyrinth was usually 
An underground or an enclosed maze-like structure consisting of dark winding stairs and passages. Sounding familiar? Mm -hmm. The initiate had to successfully find the correct path through the labyrinth's numerous pitfalls, obstacles and traps. The purpose of the test was to force the initiate to develop and hone his powers of intuition and insight. So Sarah has built a labyrinth Mm -hmm. within her house based on the Baconian ideas and some of these other um, scientific principles Mm -hmm. uh, for her own amusement. Mm -hmm. She doesn't need to explain to people why she's doing things the way she's doing it. She's working through the concepts that they talk about in these great learned men. And her her um, intellect created these amazing places. She had a love of geometry and specific symmetric numbers, uh, which are displayed throughout the house. Um, but this is where it just it took me down. Oh, I can't I can't keep going through all this. Francis Bacon was well known for incorporating symbols and a cipher in his works and she employed this employed this coded cipher within the house and it's evident everywhere for those people who know this cipher um will see it and they'll know immediately know that this whole place is a homage to this these works um Bacon infused coded cipher messages and all his works, including the Shakespearean plays and sonnets, and his translated work known as the King James Bible. Uh, now, she, they did give me a, an example here. The codes that hang on, Bacon were using were generally a mixture of five different tables, the cipher, simple cipher, K cipher, reverse cipher, short cipher, and the Pythagorean cipher. Uh, Francis Bacon and Sarah Winchester both understood that the only way to reveal all the nature concealed is through the transcendental science of numbers. Is your head spinning yet? Yes. Uh, following the loss of Annie and William. Now, she talks. Of, they talked about how um, William's numbers, her husband's, if you look at numerology, mm-hmm. um, they were the perfect number to match with her number. Mm-hmm. And then Annie, the daughter's numbers, came into it as well. Mm-hmm. So she was processing these numbers all the time. So these scraps of paper and napkins and things was her working out the numbers through all of these ciphers and things. Uh, Like the Rosalind Chapel, the Winchester House serves as a higher dimensional puzzle. In order to discover its underlying meaning, one must follow the path of the initiate through the labyrinth. Um, Now, I'm going to give an example. The switchback staircase, which is the one that's really odd, and some people call it goofy, is built so as to wind from the centre outwards, round and out, in the shape of an Archimedes spiral until it reaches the second floor. So some people said it was because of her um, uh, arthritis, arthritis and things. Um, yep. And that they did it like this. No, this was actually the Archimedes spiral. 44 tiny steps, just under two inches in height. Thus, the effect is more like walking up a ramp than climbing up the stairs. The staircase has seven turns, which she ingeniously blended the symbolism of the winding staircase of the second Masonic degree with the symbolism of Jacob's ladder. 
I'm done. I know. <laughs> According to I'm the done. Kabbalistic and Masonic traditions, Jacob's Ladder is a ramp that winds around seven turns ascending up into heaven. Moreover, each of the seven turns represents a progressively higher degree of enlightenment. Also, the seven turns symbolize the seven liberal arts and sciences, as explained to the initiate in the Winding Staircase Lecture. And you know what they were saying last night, uh, I mean on Saturday night in Gloucester. What? Through the spirit box. What? The seven. <gasps> they keep going on and on about seven. The seven. Oh, I've got goosebumps now. The seven. Wow. Were you so, meant to find that information out? I don't out? know. But there's Was more. that Sarah? There, Was that Sarah oh, saying, oh, can you just tell them that don't. all this is shit? And the thing is, she never spoke out because she doesn't need to she tell people. She doesn't have to. She's got all the money to do. And this whole thing was to entertain herself and play with these things. And because she was such a genius of mm. mathematics and, and architecture, and this whole house, the way it's been built is is magnificent. Mm. It's architectural glory. Mm. And I wonder uh, in that instance then, having all of those workers around were there for her not to be alone. Yeah. She chose them. Yeah. The best in the world. Or she wanted to try and achieve as much as she possibly could in the time she had on this earth. Yep. Who knows? Mm. Wow. But she was not an insane woman. This was the public and the townsfolk around who didn't know the inner workings of her mind mm -hmm. that assumed she was a nutter. Mm -hmm. Instead, she was probably one of the greatest minds of the age that just entertained herself because nobody else could understand her. Mm -hmm. So I've gone over time. I'm sorry. Go read more because there was even more. I didn't get through the whole article. But so it, what we'll do is we'll post that link. Yep. To yep. the secret life of Sarah Winchester. Yep. And as you can or the see, truth. Or the truth. As you can <clears throat> see, the difference between those stories is incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. I'm really glad that you found that. Oh, I'm so glad. And thank you for the 777. Yes. Um, all right. Is the Winchester house haunted? Oh, at this point, I'm going to have to say no. I don't think it is either. <laughs> I just want to go and witness it. I have tried I... three times to get to it. And each time I've been stopped. But I'm now glad I've got all this information. Yeah, there is a different level to this, though. And it is a cultish yeah, there, it there is, is an, very occultish. There is an occult level yeah. to this. And the seeker would get a profound um, awakening mm -hmm. by being there. Mm -hmm. But as with tarot, they say that only those that have the open mind will realise what is really going on. Yeah. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I know that we haven't been as giggly and hysterically as we normally are, but this has been fascinating. Mm, absolutely. And I wish I had met Sarah Winchester. Mm. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of True Hauntings Podcast. Make sure you have subscribed, share it around with your friends, leave a review if you can, and don't forget to check out the new podcast, Spooky Sundays, and check out all our works on YouTube. But right now, we've got to sign off, so thank you for joining us. And stay spooky. See you on the dark side, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. 
If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.